Perhaps you have some clothing in your closet that is no longer in fashion. You are not alone. And for the environment, that's a problem. According to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, which strives to foster sustainability, the production of clothing roughly doubled globally from 2000 to 2015. During that same period, the number of times a garment was worn declined 36%. That translates into a lot of discarded clothing. As indicated in an article authored by Ellen Rosen, the equivalent of one garbage truck full of clothes is burned or dumped in a landfill every second. World Economic Forum research finds something similar. Over roughly that 2000 to 2015 period, 60% more garments were purchased, but consumers kept them only half as long. Some companies like H&M are trying to increase their own sustainability while also encouraging consumers to keep garments out of the trash. At H&M's flagship store in Stockholm, Sweden, customers can pay a nominal amount to have unwanted clothing transformed into new garments through a process that breaks down old fibers and combines them with new ones. The eight-step process is designed to make a point, not a profit. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by the New York Times, global forecasters are predicting that America's record-setting stimulus spending could help bring Europe and other parts of the world out of their economic doldrums. The U.S. added more than 900,000 jobs on net last month, partially a reflection of more than $5 trillion in pandemic relief spending passed into law over roughly the past 12 months. America has been far more aggressive in stimulating its economy than other nations. Its initial pandemic response spending, amounting to a bit less than $3 trillion, was 50% larger as a share of gross domestic product than what the U.K. rolled out and about three times as much as what France, Italy, or Spain introduced based on an analysis by Christina Romer at the University of California, Berkeley. As Americans purchase more goods, they will spur more trade and investment, invigorating demand for German cars, Mexican auto parts, French fashions, and Indian clothing. Many forecasters expect that the U.S. economy will expand nearly 7% this year. The International Monetary Fund predicts that the Chinese economy, the world's second largest, will grow about 8% this year. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Many economists believe that the stimulus-infused U.S. economy will expand dramatically this year. It is not inconceivable that America will grow faster economically than China in 2021, which will be the first time for that to occur in decades. According to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the U.S. economy is expected to expand around 6.5% this year, the fastest pace since 1984. The surge in growth could leave the U.S. economy even larger at the end of this year than was forecast prior to the pandemic. America's economic recovery, primed by massive government spending and a relatively rapid vaccine rollout, is already rippling around the world. As indicated by writers Paul Hannon and Mike Byrd, that is brightening the economic prospects for nations closely tied to the U.S. economy. But is it possible that U.S. economic growth will be so profound that it could actually create challenges for the worldwide economy? The answer is yes. As America's economy continues to expand, it will attract more investment capital seeking satisfactory rates of return. Poor nations, which are associated with slower vaccine campaign rollouts, are already beginning to see capital leave for richer nations. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. You may have heard 
that the administration of President Joe Biden is considering a sweeping infrastructure proposal valued by some at an estimated $2.25 trillion. As indicated by Bloomberg, the American Jobs Plan seeks to update America's physical and technological infrastructure while addressing certain long-standing inequities. The president recently indicated that if this plan is passed, the economy will create roughly 19 million jobs over the next decade. The math is based upon a recently released report from Moody's Analytics. That report indicates that America is set to add 16.3 million jobs between natural job growth and the passage of the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan Act that the president signed on March 11th. The same source estimates that the nation will add 18.9 million jobs in total over the next decade if Congress passes the president's latest proposal. If one is able to navigate through all of these numbers, the upshot is that the president's new infrastructure package, if considered independently, would be responsible for approximately 2.6 million new jobs over 10 years. There are some additional complications. Moody's indicates that the president's latest plan would marginally slow growth next year, given higher tax rates that will take effect to help finance stepped-up infrastructure investment in America. For WYPR and my producer, Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. For many reasons, including some related to behavioral shifts resulting from the lingering pandemic, many Americans who have been renting apartments are now striving for homeownership. But these aspirants face many challenges, including low inventories of unsold homes, surging prices, and significant difficulty obtaining a mortgage. According to the Mortgage Bankers Association, mortgage credit availability, a measure of the willingness of lenders to issue mortgages, is near its lowest level since 2014. As indicated by writer Orla McCaffrey, the disciplined lending environment reflects an expanding cleavage in the mortgage market. More home loans are being made than almost ever before, but they are going almost exclusively to borrowers with pristine credit histories and sizable down payments. Borrowers associated with credit qualifications that fall just below the stellar category are finding fewer lenders willing to approve their applications. Approximately 70% of mortgages issued last year went to borrowers with credit scores of at least 760, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That was up from 61% in 2019. The result is that while many wealthy Americans are able to fully participate in a red-hot housing market, many others are excluded. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.